Hey, Parker, so are you going to get Gentry Williams? <laughs> no better way than to start off signing day part two by annoying Parker uh, Thune and ask him the question he's probably been asked the most over the course of the past three months. Yes, the questions can stop. It is official. It's been official for hours now. Gentry Williams, the uh, first signee of the day. And I do want to start uh, with the little Gentry Williams before we move on to uh, some of the other guys that are out there. R. Mason Thomas earlier today signs with OU as well, four-star uh, edge rusher, former Iowa State commit. I think I fall into this group, Parker, that we've known for so long that Gentry Williams is just going to end up signing with OU that in, in a way, I, I think we're kind of, at least I am, Taking this one for granted a little bit. Now, is he the headline name in this class? No, but what? He's still a top 100 player, according to you guys at 24-7 Sports. Number 92 player nationally, number one player in the state of Oklahoma. Athlete who is just that, an athlete, six foot 170. This is huge, man. I mean, OU has struck out in recent years with the number one player in the state being a defensive guy. The fact that they got this dude, like, don't take for granted what Gentry Williams could be at the collegiate level. It's a big deal, even though it's just, oh, yeah, well, we know Gentry Williams is going to sign here forever. Yeah, and this is one that OU fans shouldn't take for granted because, yeah, it's been a given for so long that he was going to sign. And I think you make a good point, Tyler, in that the fact that it's been a given for so long kind of diminishes the excitement surrounding Gentry Williams. But... No, this is a guy that, let's let's not forget here, before his ACL injury, his junior year of high school, he was a consensus five-star prospect. This was a guy that was trending towards having every offer in the country if he wanted it, and obviously the injury changed things, uh, changed the dynamics of his recruitment, but he was still being pushed all the way to the end by schools like USC and Florida and Arkansas. Deion Sanders made a run for him at Jackson State, but... Come back to the fact that Gentry Williams is sooner born, sooner bred. As I mentioned last hour with Steely, Travis Davidson tweeted earlier, and I don't know how true it is, that Gentry Williams came home from the hospital wearing OU gear. So <laughs> that, that tells you. That's incredible reporting there by uh, uh, our guy Travis. I know. If, if he picked up that tidbit, <laughs> I'd love to know how and, uh, and where. But. No, the reality is Gentry Williams, if there was a path for him to be a Sooner and he felt like he was getting a straight shot from whoever was on staff there and the lines of communications were open and honest, he was going to be a Sooner at the end of the day. And it was not a given I, – I, I shouldn't say it was not a given. It wasn't a guarantee even as late as December on into January, and that's why he didn't sign in the early signing period is because at the time he didn't know who his position coach was going to be. Uh, the guy that had just left Oklahoma was recruiting for two schools while he was on his in-home visit with Gentry Williams. So, understandably, there was a little bit of a fractured trust there, and that's not necessarily Oklahoma's fault. It's more it's more that particular individual's fault. Yeah. But uh, naturally, when you have that much uncertainty clouding the future of the program that you want to sign with, and especially the positional coach that uh, you don't know, you don't necessarily know who you're going to be working with uh, in that group. 
it made sense that Gentry Williams pushed the decision back, but particularly once Brent Venables and Jay Valai got on the scene, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going anywhere else. Yeah, well, it, it just it, it's never a good look to lose the number one overall player in your state, especially it's, it, if it's a, a defensive guy. Wouldn't have been a good look if he goes off to USC. Definitely wouldn't have been a good look if OU loses the number one player in its own state to Jackson State and Deion Sanders, right? So it's good that the staff was able to get in there, uh, make that relationship. Bob Stoops kind of kept it going during that uncertain time. Gentry Williams uh, officially announces today that he's going to be a Sooner. That's big-time news. Uh, Ahmad Moten earlier today, he announces Miami. He's staying home. But our Mason Thomas, man, been talking about him a lot for the past week. Four-star edge rusher, Iowa State commit since July. This is kind of, you know, one of the decisions today that's making OU fans say, ooh, okay, like, we knew and we were confident about some guys, and you had some confidence about R. Mason Thomas here the past couple days, but this is maybe one of the ones two weeks ago that you weren't so necessarily sure about. No doubt, and I think it, it, it's kind of it, – well, I shouldn't say kind of. It is impressive, Tyler, that the fact that the four guys Oklahoma's in all likelihood going to get here in the signing period, Kevontae Henry, Grayson Halton, Jamarian Burt, and R. Mason Thomas, who of course has already signed – you look at those four guys, not a single Oklahoma fan knew their names right. six weeks ago, well, uh, two months ago. Uh, like, when Lincoln Riley left, even when, when the day Brent Venables was hired, if you had said the name R. Mason Thomas or Grayson Halton or Jamarian Burt or Kevontae Henry to any OU fan, even the most diehard OU fan who follows recruiting as if their life depends on it, they would have looked at you sideways and said, what now? And yet two months later... Here are the Sooners poised to close on all of those guys. Yeah. And it is very rare. I mentioned this last hour as well. It is very rare that in the midst of a transition on the coaching staff, any school retains a top 10 recruiting class. And Oklahoma's going to do that. Yeah, they are, and, and improve upon that. I, I was looking at the recent classes for OU the past, what, six, seven years, however far I went back. Now, this is the 24-7 sports composite rankings, which what all um, what all recruiting services does that kind of factor in? It rivals goes, and ESPN. Rivals, ESPN, and 24-7. It's, yes. it's kind of all together for an average, essentially, is what that means. So in 2021, OU had the number 10 class. The recruiting guru, Mule Shoe, that was here, OU actually has a better chance to have a better recruiting class or higher-ranked recruiting class this year than it had last year. 2020, 13th-ranked class. 2019, his best, number 6. Number 18, the ninth-ranked class. 2017, the 8th-ranked class. 2016, the 19th-ranked class. So you get it. This actually has a chance to be one of the best, maybe the second-best class OU has had in like the past decade. That's right. The, ceil the ceiling right now, if OU lands everybody we expect them to land in the signing period, and they get Josh Connerly, that pushes them to number seven overall. Wow. That'd be big, class, man. Which would be massive. That'd be big. Uh, we're still waiting on Kevontae Henry and his announcement. I It's today. I haven't seen a definite time on when he's going to announce it. Have you? Do you know when Cavante Henry? Five fifteen. Five fifteen Central Time yes, is when he's announcing. Yes, three fifteen Pacific. Okay, five fifteen Central for Cavante Henry. Uh, Campbell, of course. I think he's announcing at four o'clock today. We still yeah. expect that to be Texas. Be uh, Texas. Jamari and Burt is going to be tomorrow. Probably expect OU on that one. So we've we've got a lot to monitor throughout the next twenty four hours. But one of the ones that was kind of 
okay, this one would be big. We'll see where the confidence is at. Or Mason Thomas is the, the one of the ones today where you're really looking at. Four-star edge, you got him. And, and here's the thing, too. You made a good point about, you know, six weeks ago, two months ago, whatever, OU fans didn't really know a lot of these guys' names, and people involved in recruiting would have said, that guy going to OU? No way. It's not like OU came in late on these guys and got a two- or a three-star away from Tulsa that they just really evaluated and like at the end. I mean, we're talking about four-star defensive linemen that they're getting here down the stretch, Parker. I mean, that's nothing... I mean, it's it's kind of a big deal. We're not talking about under-the-radar players. We're talking about high-profile dudes that you're closing and in on And it speaks late. to Brent Venable's sway. Like, the reality is, a lot of these guys are coming to Oklahoma because they want to play for Brent Venables, and they realize how well and how effectively they can develop under Brent Venables. Oh, and oh, it helps a lot when you have a guy like Todd Bates coaching the defensive sure. line as well. So, now Oklahoma is poised to do some really special things, not just down the stretch here in the class of 2022, but looking ahead to 23 and 24. They are going to recruit the defensive side of the ball very well. Yeah. You can bank on that. What have we been saying around here for the past decade, right? It's like, God, wide receivers are great. When are they going to get more war daddies, more defensive line talent? Well, Here's kind of a list of defensive linemen that they're, they're going to bring in. R. Mason Thomas, of course, who announces today. Uh, Cedric Roberts, Alton Tarber, Jeffrey Johnson, Jonah Lalou. Uh, and then we're talking about, of course, a guy that they might get later today in Cavante Henry. That's about as stacked as a defensive line class, and I know that that's some class, some portal. But that's a, that's a crop of newcomers OU's bringing on the defensive line that they haven't in, in a while, man. And again... Immediate impact. Immediate impact on the Venables hire. And it remains to be seen how well Jeff Levy is going to be able to recruit now that he is the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and whether he's going to be able to go toe-to-toe for elite offensive talent alongside the Lincoln Rileys of the world come the 2023 cycle. But I will say this. As long as you've got the defense shored up, as long as you were confident that you're building a championship caliber starting 11 on the defensive side you're going to have a successful football team and you know with Jeff Levy at the helm it doesn't really matter how the Sooners recruit they're going to be able to score points and so I know we've said it a lot Tyler but it just looks more and more like Oklahoma got a got a pretty good deal exchanging Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch for Brent Venables and Jeff Levy and I think the I think the expectation heading into 2022 should be double-digit wins, particularly in the Big 12. And as you get ready for the transition to the SEC, you got Nick Evers waiting in the wings, Jackson Arnold on the way in 2023. There's a lot of reason for optimism on both sides of the ball for Oklahoma going forward. If you got to play OU in 2022, you really want to play them at the front end of the schedule. And now, hey, when OU hits the field in September, I still think that they're going to be a good football team. Don't get me wrong. But I think one thing that we're really going to notice as we go along next season is like, wow, this team continues to get better month after month after month. That's been a hallmark of the better, the best OU teams that we've seen in the past. And with a young team next year with a whole lot of new faces, they'll be good in September, but they'll be most vulnerable in September most likely. By the time this team hits the stretch run in November, they'll be playing their best football, unlike last year. So I... I believe in this staff's ability to get talent in and develop that talent. You're going to see it a lot next next year during the season. Take a look at last season, 2021, Tyler. Oklahoma started hot, fell flat on their face in November. 
When was Clemson playing their best ball? Clemson was playing their – at the beginning of the year, they were not good, couldn't block anybody, but towards the end of the year, is like, eh, okay, they look, a, they look a lot better. And would you rather have a team playing their best ball in November or September? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, man. And again, like, OU has had some teams in the past where it's gotten better week after week after week, but not necessarily last year was, was that the case, and I expect that to flip a little bit. So National Signing Day Part 2 – Already been good for the Sooners, and we expect it to get even better here as we move on. Light up the text line. Let's go. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll hit your questions. Coming up on the other side, locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. I swear Parker's song coming back from every break is insinuating something that's going on It's always on right insinuating now. something. It is always. pretty impressive how you're on for three hours and every song coming back is like, hey, yeah, he's oh, saying something here. Did you see what Jimbo Fisher just said a he, couple minutes ago? I, I was watching that throughout oh, the man. entire break. He's... I, <laughs> everyone's saying that he's cheating using NIL and he's like... he. He's written down every single name. He's talking about someone at Notre Dame that has uh, accused him of doing something. Uh, you're actually talking about his comment that we think that he's mentioning Muleshoe. Yes. But he's also coming after the people that are accusing him of illegally, not illegally, but using NIL more than anyone else to get the number one recruiting class. But go, you go ahead and read what, what, uh, what you're talking about. It's funny. All the guys who are complaining about this stuff use the portal and all these things more than anybody else else Jimbo Fisher yep huh I wonder if he's referring to anybody maybe the guy that got on national tv earlier today said yeah I'm taking 12 guys from the portal but we really should fix that system that's not right I know some of you are tired of it all right I know some of you are rolling your eyes when Parker and me and Steely all keep saying mule shoe and hammering the guy but come on you can't blame us for continuing to hammer the guy when he continually says stupid stuff nationally. Whoa, we got to get a guardrail on the transfer portal. Yeah, okay, dude, you're right, but won't you look yourself a little bit in the mirror before you say things like that? So I'm sorry to, to those of you out there that want us to move on. Tell Lincoln to start stop saying dumb stuff like that to a, to a national audience. I can't really help it when he goes out and says that we need a guardrail on the transfer portal. The lack of self-awareness. Like it's unbelievable. The, it, it, it's dripping in irony. It's rich. God, I mean, I guess you got to give the dude a little bit of credit. He is just like sticking to one side of the story, sticking to like one thing. I, I OU Twitter, as you can imagine, is uh, ripping him apart right now. By the way, Texas should. A&M has secured the number one recruiting class of all time. Yeah, um, and they better do something with it, man. Jimbo better do something with it, which I guess Harold Perkins still hasn't decided yet. But they have secured the number one class of all time. Who they they got? Uh, who did they get earlier today? They got Shamar Stewart, five star defensive lineman, and Harold Perkins is still going to decide later today, I believe. So that class could get even better. But here's the deal, Parker. We're going to remember A and M have the number one recruiting class this year. If they don't do anything with it. Uh, we will hammer Jimbo Fisher for never getting to a college football playoff with the best roster that A&M's ever had. Again, I, I know I have talked about it before on this show. If Texas A&M doesn't make a playoff soon, something is seriously wrong. If they yeah. don't win a national title within five years, something is seriously wrong. Because the level on which they are recruiting, they have Shamar Stewart and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy 
in the same class on the same defensive front. That's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, monster defensive line class, man. I mean, monster front. If they get Harold Perkins today, which he was a one-time A&M commit, it's down to A&M and LSU. It'll be LSU or Florida for him. Oh, you don't think A&M's Not going to be A&M. Hmm. That was trending the other way here the past 24 hours. Okay. LSU thought it was A&M a couple days ago. Yeah, well, I'll say this. Nobody knows for sure. But based on who I've talked to, I can pretty confidently assert it's going to be either LSU or Florida. I do not know which. And uh, it will be funny if A&M does uh, nothing with this class. Because well, they got a five-star quarterback that's going to be a true freshman uh, this year. Um, so they seemingly they have their, their quarterback. They have their defense. They have their guys in place. Will it turn anything to A&M? The SEC West is a beast, man. Arkansas is doing some nice things. Alabama's not going anywhere. Uh, Ole Miss continues to add high-profile quarterbacks. SEC West is tough, man. So, SEC, SEC George is not going gauntlet. away. I think Florida's about to be on the come up a little bit. They're about to be better than they once. Uh, yeah, Florida will get real good real quick. Yeah, I think so too. Bank so. on that. Life is going to be tough for A&M, but uh, there's a little bit of pressure on Jimbo Fisher now, more than there was before. What do we got on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439? Preach, Tyler. If Mule Shoe is going to tee you up... Got to hit it down I, the fairway. Seriously, I'm not just going to sit here and ignore it. I I got four hours to fill every single day. One listener uh, asked us to please say again what Gentry Williams' mother said about OU and Muleshoe. So I'll go ahead and repeat it. Uh, in an interview with Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World, Gentry Williams' mother said earlier today that the way Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma – it was like being in a relationship with someone for three years and then finding out they were married. <laughs> She's a legend. Mike, drop. Uh, we all love her already. We all love her already. That That is an amazing quote. And and you know what? So accurate, by the way. Uh, new PWO for Oklahoma yesterday. Davion Woolen out of Frisco, Texas. A couple listeners asking about him. Uh, yeah, he was committed to Army on scholarship. So much like Gavin Freeman, this was a guy that was going to go to an FBS institution with a full-ride scholarship and chooses instead to walk on at the University of Oklahoma. I actually think this is a guy that could see the field at some point for Oklahoma. I, I don't think he's just depth, and I'm not saying he's going to start necessarily or anything like that because obviously Oklahoma has some really, really talented defensive backs in that room. But you look at the size for Davion Wollin, six foot three. 185 pounds, and his production on both sides of the ball. This is a pretty dang good get for Oklahoma with a preferred walk-on slot. They did a really nice job with these P PWOs. Yes, they have. Um, seemingly better than they've done in the past. Um, the number, I, I don't know if the number of guys that they brought in has changed at all from previous years, but we haven't heard a lot about preferred walk-on positions uh, before this, and the fact that one of OU's PWOs was a three-star wide receiver that was once committed to Texas Tech. Okay, maybe he doesn't end up being the best player in your class, but if you get a three-star player and you're not even giving him a scholarship, like, not a whole lot of schools are pulling that off these days. Uh, question about the punter situation after Brady Braun committed yesterday, uh, the number four punter in the nation, according to Cole's kicking. Uh, one listener asked, what about Braun? Turk is one of the better punters in the country and very popular with the fans. Really popular for a punter. Are they going to redshirt Braun? Yes. Yeah. That is the plan. Michael Turk has one year left as a starter. And look, 
Michael Turk's the best punter in college football, and I think just about everybody would be on the same page with that, particularly now that Matt Ariza from San Diego State has moved on to the pro ranks. I mean, it was really those two guys last year, Ariza and Michael Turk, that were considered the best of the best at that position. So now that it's basically the Turk show when it comes to elite punters at the FBS level, he'll have one final year to work himself into position to become an NFL draft pick, which has always been his goal. And then it will be presumably either Brady Braun or Josh Plaster, the Arizona State transfer, that inherits that duty in 2020. Yeah, he will definitely redshirt next year. Uh, you don't need two punters until you need two punters, essentially. And you're not just going to throw him out there to punt in mop-up duty and, and waste a year. Uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be hanging out on the sidelines, and he'll probably be your number one guy in 2023, I would guess. So. There we go. We got our punter depth chart talk out of the, out of the way today. I love it. One listener love says it. the largest watched USC football game next year will be the first one, and the majority of those watching will be OU fans wanting to see a big dud. Uh, I feel like the UCLA game for whatever reason. You know, Notre Dame's going to be better than uh, USC next year. Utah will be better than USC next year. But for some reason, we've all latched on to UCLA as like, all right, yeah, that's OU's Pac-12 team right there. And we'll be rooting for Utah, and I can't believe we're saying this, but we'll be rooting for Notre Dame in the game as well. But I, I, oh, I, I, I feel like the UCLA is, one is like the one that we're all looking at saying like, oh, come on, Bruins, let's go. Well, because they're USC's biggest rival, right? It's only, it's only natural. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be so much easier for me to root for Notre Dame now that Marcus Freeman is their head coach and not yeah. scumbag Brian Kelly. Uh, by the way, OU just moved up to number nine in the team rankings on 24-7 sports. So, and inching up. They'll probably be at number eight by the end of the day, Yeah, would not, be my guess. Not far behind uh, Michigan right now. For for some of those that are just kind of casual recruiting observers, here, here's the top ten right now. A&M is, is at one. Bama's at two. Georgia's at three. Ohio State's at four. Texas at five. Penn State at six. Notre Dame at seven. Michigan at eight. OU at 9, and North Carolina at 10. Oklahoma State back at 28 right And Cavante Henry, who is announcing at 515, is currently committed to Michigan. So oh, if he decides yep. in favor of Oklahoma, Michigan drops, definitely flip Oklahoma rises. Yep. So I would expect that Oklahoma will be up to number 8 by the end of the day. One other thing on national recruiting – uh, Danny Lewis signed with Alabama today, and most of you are saying, "Most of you are saying, what? What? Who's Danny Lewis? Why should we care about that he signed with Alabama?" Well, the only reason you should care about it is Danny Lewis was the kid this past weekend that was in the video with Brian Kelly, LSU head coach. That was, I don't know. It looked like Brian Kelly was in a club, like dancing with the eighteen-year-old kid. Why did he do that again? I don't because I, I don't know. He got bagged so hard on Twitter the first time he did that with Walker Howard. Yeah. <laughs> he decided it was a good idea to do that again. I it was it was really bad. It was really uncomfortable. I actually felt bad for Danny Lewis. It was just really weird. Um, I'm not surprised at all that he went to Alabama after that. He goes to Alabama. He's not gonna play for LSU. Don't blame the kid. I'd be like, yee. I'm kind of out on uh, playing for Brian Kelly after that. I mean, you know you're not getting any BS at Alabama. Yeah, Nick Saban's not doing that Nick to Saban anyone. will not be shooting any hype videos uh, hitting the gritty anytime soon. Uh, we got anything else on the Air Cover Solutions text line before we hit a break here? 
Uh, let's see. Let's uh, okay. A couple of listeners asking about Cole Adams from Owasso because Bama and A and M already have a head start recruiting him. Yeah, that's an offer that Oklahoma is just going to need to make very soon. Like that is one of those guys that you drop everything, go and visit him, make the offer. And I know right now it's National Signing Day, and you got to focus on closing out your 2022 class strong. But as soon as the calendar flips and it is February 3rd. I think you do two things. One, you send the cavalcade after Josh Connerly. Yeah. And two, you go offer everybody within a four-hour driving radius that you feel like is capable of playing football at the University of Oklahoma, and Cole Adams is definitely in that group. Yeah, I'm not saying that OU recruits on this philosophy, and, and nor should they, but this is what this would be one of those where the fans hold this over the staff's head. If, like, Bama and A&M get in on an Owasso kid first – and he goes out to Alabama, and he's like their number two or number one wide receiver in a couple of years. That's one that the fans will be like, really, guys? Really? You know you know how it works with in-state kids like that. Mm-hmm. And again, as Bob Stoops said, you'd rather make a mistake on a kid that comes from the Sooner State as opposed to a kid that comes from California or Florida or elsewhere. Yeah, no doubt. All right, more of your text coming up on the other side. Air Cover Solutions text line 405 651 34-39, more unlocked in right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Locked in with the McComas and Thune, Chapel Supply, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Chapel supplies you with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They can also service all brands of power washers. Check them out today. Chapel Supply, located at 6509 West Reno Avenue in Oklahoma City. Chapel, Chapel supplies you. A little bit of a programming note, 4.30 today, there is going to be a Zoom with head football coach Brent Vittables. Uh, We're going to air that live at 4.30 today. So that'll be a lot of fun to see what Brent thinks about his first ever recruiting class as the head coach at OU. Going to hear from uh, Jeff Levy and Mr. Roof as well, your new defensive coordinator. So we got that for you coming up at 4.30 today. You can hear Brent Venables right here on the home of Sooner fans. Just kind of a, a general idea of this class, Parker. And, and I, just looking at it, and I felt like I already knew this, but then it came to me as like, man, this is a really well-rounded class, man. Um you got your quarterback there. You got right a couple out. tight ends. You got two running backs you feel could be an immediate impact, a couple wide receivers. Maybe you want to have more offensive linemen, have a chance to do so before the cycle's over. Some D linemen we're excited about, some backers that you're high on, and some secondary players as well. It's not just heavily focused on one or two positions. They kind of got dudes all over the board. It's very balanced, and that's really encouraging to see because you look at some of the recruiting classes in years past, there has been that conspicuous shortcoming. Each of the last two classes, really, it's been the running back position because (laughs) if you think about Jace McClellan flipping on early signing day back in 2019 and then the Kamar Wheaton saga last class. By the way, he's now in the transfer portal as of yesterday, so that whole experiment. Yeah, I was like, wait, we knew that last week. Oh, okay, he was just out of the database last week. He was just... He was just chilling, doing his own thing, not practicing or working out with the team. Uh, But, yeah, so the Kamar Wheaton to Alabama experiment appears to have fizzled out. But, no, running back was definitely, I would say, over the last couple classes, the area in which the Sooners came up short. And they got Seth McGowan in the class of 2020, but (laughs) even that one What happened with that one? (laughs) Even that one didn't last all that long. So... Uh, I think getting Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes is a huge feather in the cap for DeMarco Murray, who's going to continue to recruit running backs very well. 
because that's the type of sway that he has as a great Sooner running back himself and as a guy that a lot of kids that are going to be recruited in the 2023 class and 2024 class and on into 25, 26, what have you. All those guys grew up watching DeMarco Murray play NFL football and play it at a very high level, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, <laughs> our, the text line blew up yesterday in like the 5 o'clock hour when Kamar Wheaton, it was official, he was in the transfer portal. And I did my best just to tell everyone, no, 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 no. Like, No, I don't think OU's going to go down this road. You need I- me to say it? Yeah, yeah, no. Nice. Okay. I just I don't want them to go down that road. I don't think that they are going to go down that road, especially this year. Um just just no. O OU will be fine at running back this year. They don't they don't need to go out there and go through that whole that whole ordeal with Kamar Wheaton. Consider this, folks. Kamar Wheaton didn't hit the transfer portal at season's end. He waited until Alabama was two weeks into winter workouts. Didn't show up to any of them, and then decided, yeah, I'm going to throw my name in the portal. What is exactly the type of player that Brent Venables has told you all exactly. he's not going to mess with? And that was and that was my point yesterday. Is they're not they're not going to bend the rules. They're not just going to go through a headache for one individual player. And let's be honest, it's not like Kamar Wheaton rushed for a thousand yards at Alabama or anything. He really didn't do anything. His career in Alabama, you're definitely not going to bend your rules or you know bend things for for that type of guy. OU is not that desperate at this point. No, and even if they were desperate, I don't still don't think that they'd do it. Exactly at that point, if you really feel like you need a running back, you're going to get somebody that doesn't come with any strings attached. And <laughs> there are strings attached to uh, there are strings attached to that one, man. All the strings are attached to that one. Uh, by the way, in case you missed it, Muleshoe had his signing day press conference today. He says that he did not talk to Caleb Williams until he entered his name in the transfer portal. Quote, don't think we talked one bit of football, kind of like a long-lost friend, end quote. Uh, show of hands here, uh, anyone buying that? That Lincoln didn't talk to Caleb until he entered his name in the portal? I, yeah, I didn't think so. I have both hands at my sides. Yeah, I didn't think so. Lincoln continues to say things that we're like, yeah, sorry there, bud. Just not going not gonna to buy that one. I think you're full of crap. We need to put guardrails on the transfer portal? <laughs> okay, I don't know if there's another coach in college football that's benefited more from the transfer portal than you have. And God, you took several OU players along with you to SC, so the guardrail comments, just go ahead and point them back at yourself, dude. Air Cover Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. If you got signing day questions, hit us up. If you just got regular old uh, OU football questions, hit us up. We'll answer them. What, uh, what do we got? Uh, Pat on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, OMG, the filler music today has been the same song almost all day long. Okay, so... Okay. Is there a glitch here? No, 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 no. I've had several people tweet me about this, okay? So here's what you do. Go to the App Store and search Sports Talk 1400. Sports Talk 1400, just do it all one word. That's our official app, um, and you're not going to get the same four songs all day long. So Sports Talk 1400 in the App Store. Download our app, and you're going to hear... Uh, you know, our commercials, our music that Parker bumps us in with. Yeah, like, I was about all, to say, it's been that. variety hour for yeah, me today. Yeah, Parker's been playing some good tunes today. So you're you're on a different app right now, Sports Talk 1400. Go download that, and uh, we'll get you fixed up, I promise you. 
Let's see what else we have via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One listener asks, is Josh Plaster the new field goal kicker? No, the expectation is going to be, or the expectation is that that will be Zach Schmidt, the Oklahoma City product, who got a little bit of action last year in garbage time here and there, but uh, not quite the same leg strength that Gabe Burkich has, but a very accurate kicker and a guy that should be more than serviceable for Oklahoma in 2022. So your specialists are Michael Turk and Zach Schmidt. Obviously, you have Casey Kelleher coming back for his sixth season of college ball as your long snapper. Can I uh, give a suggestion to Zach Schmidt there, if he's going to be the starting kicker next year? Whatever you do, and I don't care if you start off the year 18 for 18, don't kick a burrito during the middle of the season. <laughs> hey, and the guy Real talk. The guy that owns that burrito food truck listens to the station quite a bit and he texts in all the time. Um, I need to go out and try some of his food because I, from what I hear it is amazing. But just eat eat the burrito. Don't kick it. Don't okay? Kick it. Don't kick it. It kinda changed OU season in a way uh, in November last year. Oh, you know? did well. I- you know, you don't want to pin those two losses too much on Gabe Burkich, but you do have to acknowledge, and this is why I love the Jay Nunez hire as well, special teams played a big role in both of those losses for yeah. Oklahoma. And I feel like that kind of gets lost in translation. Dude, if you want to go back to the past eight years, and if we look at OU losses, I can point at a lot of special teams gaffes that arguably cost OU the game, okay? Uh, remember the kick six against Houston? In the 2016 opener, there's a special teams gaffe. Uh, remember the Rose Bowl against Georgia, the squib onside kick and the field goal that OU missed in what double overtime in that game. I- I'm serious, man. Like go back to go back to a lot of those games that they lost, and you're gonna find a special teams play in there that really cost OU. And that's what I'm really excited about about this new regime is I think that they're actually gonna pay a little bit of attention towards special teams and. If it doesn't turn out to be a strength, at least maybe it won't be a massive weakness like it's been at times. So, things that I'm most looking forward to in 2022, uh, special teams, please. An added emphasis in that department By the way, nice. still no return touchdowns of any kind since Joe Mixon at Ohio State in 2016. That's so sad, man. I mean, with the recruits that OU... And especially, man, when OU's been loading up on skill talent... Since then, you know? Uh-huh. It's not like, oh, well, all of OU's recruiting classes, their best players were, you know, five-star D linemen in the middle or big linebackers. No. The best players that OU's been bringing in are high-profile wide receivers and running backs and, you know, all that, and they, and they still haven't sprung a big return for a touchdown? That's because you don't care and you're not really trying. I mean, that's ridiculous, man. No more fair catches at the 15-yard line. Please. That's all I ask for this next football season. And for the love of all that is holy, get Billy Bowman back there to field the kicks, please. <laughs> and no once you get doubt. him back there, you'll see why I'm stumping so hard for that. No doubt. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune coming up next right here on The Ref. That's right, Parker. Waiting is the hardest part. Let's go. I want to get all these teams in. I want to see OU continue rising up in the top ten. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel can supply you with a new career. Apply online today at chapelsupply.com to learn more. For what it's worth, OU is ranked ninth right now, according to the 24-7 sports team rankings. 
But if you value quality over quantity, Uh it's actually better than that. Yeah, because of all the teams ranked in front of OU, those teams have far more overall recruits than, than OU does. So... OU has just 18 commits, while Michigan has 23, Notre Dame 21, Penn State 25, Texas 27. OU actually has a higher average star rating for all of their players uh, than Michigan in front of them, than Notre Dame in front of them, than Penn State in front of them, and then Texas in front of them. So if you just go by that, the the quality over the quantity – Oh, you'd have, like, the number five class, I think, in this. Well, and in the age of the transfer portal, right, quality matters a lot more than quantity because you can recruit 30 guys and 12 of them will be in the transfer portal after year one. But if you limit yourself to say, you know, you look back at the class of 2021 for Oklahoma, 16 guys that you really believe in and that you think can contribute to your your program – what ends up happening is a lot of those guys have immediate contributions as true freshmen – and you don't have nearly as much attrition as a program like – I'll use them as an example. Texas A&M, I promise Dude, you, they'll have, have some transfers from this class. Yeah, It's impressive. Don't get me wrong. And, and pretty soon, man. There will be some on their way out before long. Yeah, so it's, it's a good class. It's, it's a very good class for OU. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, as we start to train ourselves for the SEC a little bit – Instead of just you know looking at where Texas is ranked every single year on National Signing Day, which is what I have always done my entire life, like all right, National Signing Day, here's OU, where's Texas at? They're their, they're your primary competition for the most part in the conference when it comes to recruiting. Okay, you're at nine, Texas at five. Okay, gotcha. It's about to be a lot different because you're about to be recruiting against A and M, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. And all of those other programs out there that recruits, you know, at a high level every single year, um, this would be what the one, two, three, four. This would be the fifth best class in the SEC if OU is in that conference next year, and it's the ninth overall class. So that just kind of tells you how elite of an a level you have to recruit if you want to have the best talent in that conference. Question via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. How many big noon or primetime games does ESPN or Fox give USC next year? Uh, they'll give them a ton, man. You know they will. They'll, they'll get, USC will get a lot, which they'll do a 9 a.m. local start for that, right? I mean, big noon for them would be yeah, 9 a.m. And it's not like they're playing any non-con games next year early on to where the – so, huh. Gosh, 9 a.m. kick. I can't fathom that. Like, 11 a.m. feels early, probably because I'm getting there to the stadium at, like, 8.30. But, like, still. God, kick yeah. kick off a football game yeah. at 9 a.m. Asking USC, who's been bringing in about 12 fans a game here recently, and now ask him to get there at 9 a.m.? <laughs> I'd like to see how that one's going to turn out. Look at the attendance at USC. Look at the attendance at UCLA. And tell me, people in Los Angeles care about college football? No, they don't. And I'm not they don't. like that's not a diss at the people of Los Angeles. It's just the reality is there are so many other things to care about in Los Angeles. There are the Rams. There are the Chargers. The Lakers. The Clippers. The LA Galaxy has a Twitter following that's apparently like three times larger than USC football. Dodgers so, are in town. Man, Dodgers. So. 
Angels. There's just a lot of options, and USC hasn't really. And it's not like it's some an amazing experience going into the, into the Coliseum. And I know most people will say, "Oh, the Coliseum, the Peristyle." Look, the the Coliseum got a little bit of a facelift, but no one is ever going to tell you if they know what they're talking about. I'm sure Colin Cowherd might. No one would ever tell you that the Coliseum is one of the you know coolest things in college football or one of the best atmospheres. No, 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 no. Like, the Coliseum was a dump recently, all right? And it's in no way one of the best atmospheres in the sport. By the way, so. what's with old Cowherd becoming a uh, USC super fan lately? Here's what it's about, all right? And I was at a radio conference, what, two years ago, where he stood on the stage and said, it's not about being right, it's about being entertaining. Uh-huh. So, let's just... <laughs> Let's just use that information right there. He said that. It's not about being right. It's about being entertainment. And you know what? For him doing a national radio show, that's fine. He's made a lot of money off of it. Like, that's cool, whatever. But all this, this whole fake USC fanboy stuff, it's just to annoy Oklahoma fans, essentially is what it is. He knows, and he's right, and he's smart about it. If he hammers Oklahoma on social media, just like he did with Baker and the Browns, He's going to get a whole lot of social media attention, and that's what he's getting right now. And yeah. that's why he's one of the best in the business, is because he literally doesn't care what he says. He'll put whatever out there as long as people are engaging with it. And, well, look, we're talking about him on the radio. I, so I know. He, he got his um, wish. Kudos to him, man. I, um, I cannot just approach the mic every single day. Look, I say dumb stuff all on my own. When I say dumb stuff on here, it's actually genuine. It's not made up like Colin Cowherd, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I just couldn't come in every day and be like, oh, this is a ridiculous take, but I'm going to lead the show with it today, baby. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, uh, we'll be waiting around. Uh, we'll be waiting around for, for Kevontae Henry. You still think it's going to be OU, correct? I do. I think it'll be OU for Henry, OU for Halton, and then they'll close it out with Jamarian Burt tomorrow. Four-star edge player, 6'4", 225. That'd be a big-time addition for the Sooners. The Rush coming up next right here on the Ref Sports Talk Network.